listening to a Called Collective podcast, where we seek to equip the next generation of ministry leaders. The Called Collective produces multiple podcasts, which you can find in the description below. To learn more about The Called Collective, visit our website at thecalledcollective.org or check us out on Instagram at The Called Collective. Welcome back to the Defining Yes podcast. My name is Regan Tippy, and today I have the honor of having one of my closest friends on the podcast, Aaron. Um, I have had the joy of the past two years getting to know Aaron in her heart. She is currently a junior at IWU. So our first one who's still in school trying to figure things out, not yet um, into the, the working world yet. Um, so hopefully she can provide a different perspective that's also very beneficial. I will le- let Erin give you a little bit of a background on her life. But Erin is one who has so much wisdom for being 20 years old. Uh, and has taught me so much. So I'm excited that she gets to teach others just about her story and who God is to her. So Aaron, if you want to give us a quick explanation of where your relationship with the Lord began into where you are now in your call to ministry and what that calling is. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me on the podcast, first of all. I'm excited to be here. But um, yeah, I'll just start like growing up. I grew up... um, in a Christian household. So that was something that was always surrounded by me and just an environment that I was always in. And so that was kind of almost like not forced on me, but just I accepted it because that's what my parents did. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I just kind of like went through life like that, just kind of chilling and following what my parents led me in um, until I was in middle school. Around that time, I was just like, holy cow, I am with a group of friends that really do not love the Lord. And that's Mm -hmm. not what my parents trained me to. Mm -hmm. And so I just recognized like the contrast of like these friends are not following the same way that my parents taught me. And something just kind of clicked. I had a youth pastor that was pouring into me and I was like, there's something wrong here. And I think I want to choose Christ. Like, I think that's the better way. And so in middle school, that was kind of like a transition point for me of like, I think I want to follow Christ. And so that was kind of the first first time that my faith really started to become my own. And I was like, this is this is what I want to follow. Not just following my parents anymore. I want I want this. Um, and I kind of continued like that, like the Lord just teaching me a lot and continuing to grow until I was in high school. And that was the first time my faith kind of felt like it was tested. And I was like, man, okay, this kind of, it just kind of stripped everything away. I like went through something hard and I was like, this for this was the first time that I was like, I have to choose Christ. Like he's mm. the only foundation that is steady. There's the, he's yeah. the only thing that's going to keep me keep me going here. And so that moment in high school was another big turning point of this is the only foundation that's solid and I have to have Christ. Like there's no other way. Mm -hmm. And so that then from there, I've just just been this like really cool journey that the Lord's had me on of learning a lot and growing a lot and falling more in love with him and his word. And it's just been a really fun journey, but a lot of just steady growth up from there leading into where we are now, where um, just this last summer, so it's fairly fresh. It was like mid-July that I felt a very clear call from the Lord into overseas mission work, which is really exciting. Uh, Still don't have a lot of like exactness on what that is going to look like or where, but really, really pumped about, really pumped about that to say, put it in a, in a word, Mm -hmm. (laughs) excited. (laughs) So part of you being so excited is you have experienced overseas missions. Mm -hmm. Do you want to give just a tad bit of your last summer being overseas for two months and then the multiple other mission mm-hmm. opportunities that you've had since then? Yeah. 
So the summer after my freshman year of college, I got to spend, yeah, two months in um, Eastern Europe in a small country there. And that was crazy. I walked into that saying, I have no idea. Like, I just wanted to help people. And the Lord was doing something in my life that I was like, I think I want to ju- help them know Christ, not just help people and like serve them, mm-hmm. but I want to help them know Christ. It's like, I'm just going to go and say, God, if you want to call me to this, then I'm open to it. And that was really the posture going. And I was like, I have no idea if I'm called to anything, but I just want to give you space, God, to call me um, and be willing. And so I went to Eastern Europe for two months and the Lord just was as he does, um, just very true to his character, was just mm-hmm. working and teaching and refining a lot I was like very immersed in culture and learning what it looks like to be a missionary essentially was what that was. Mm-hmm. And that was definitely the like, f- I think the Lord beginning to do a lot in my life. That that was like one of the first um, like big moments there. And then from there, I came back and was like, wow, nothing matters more than making Christ known. Like that just was evident. I was like, there is just this whole world of people who are living apart from him and who don't know him. And like that just was unsettling to me. I was like, that can't. I, if I have the answer and the solution in me, mm-hmm. then I want to do something about yeah. that. And it just was no longer like was I content to just pursue my own things. I was like, mm-hmm. I can't when I know what's true, when I know what's going to save lives and I am seeing how many people don't know that I have to do something about it. And so that was where I came back, but still was like not didn't have a clear <laughs> call. I was like, OK, I don't know. Still don't know what I'm supposed to do with this. Mm-hmm. But I have this heart now that wants to tell um, wants to tell people. And then this last summer, so a year later, after my sophomore year of college, spent just a week in the Dominican Republic. And it being a week compared to the two months, I had low expectations of what God was going to do in a week. I was like, it's just a week, just like a little trip, maybe get to serve some people, love some people. But the Lord just really showed up in huge ways, like far surpassed all of my expectations. And I walked out of that week saying, God, there, I want to do this more than anything. Mm -hmm. Like like, the fire was just burning. Like Mm -hmm. I think of the song like... uh, it, like one of the lyrics is set a fire in my soul that I can't contain that I can't control mm-hmm. that was like a song that it had been a prayer for me for years and I was like in this moment like this fire is burning like I just want to go and so I really just started praying in those moments like after that I was like God honestly just asking him to call me to the mission field because so like this is like I can just see the weight of this and I am reading your scripture and knowing that the workers are few so like Lord would you send me like I'm mm-hmm. willing and then about two weeks later he like I had that moment of him calling which was really awesome that's awesome I remember, I mean, last summer and this summer, just getting little pictures, you know, mm-hmm. in the group chat or stuff like that, <laughs> hearing little updates. And every moment I'm just like, that's Aaron Mann's. Like, you just <laughs> yeah. look so in your element. And I think there's like some people who like, they, they it just like, it's something they can be passionate about, passionate about, but it's not always like, wow, that's like the picture of who they are. Mm-hmm. And like, every time I saw pictures, like, that's, that's Aaron Mann's. It's, she's in... The, the field that she wants to be in, even if you didn't like clearly know that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think something about something cool about your call is that it started with you just saying like, Lord, I want to serve you no matter what that looks like. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you didn't even go to school necessarily to be doing missions yeah, work. Yeah, no. And then to see the Lord like start with there and saying like, okay, here's a mission field. I'm going to put you there for a while, you know, mm-hmm. preach my word, do my work doing what you were called to do mm-hmm. yet it wasn't even about the mission field until mm-hmm. now this summer and then it was like oh my word like mm-hmm. the lord yeah <laughs> completely radically changed that and now that i mentioned school go ahead and mm-hmm. talk a little bit about your major and then yeah. how you're going to use part of it that might not be ministry yeah 
Yeah, so I have a major in social work and then a minor in global ministry. And I came in wanting to be a school social worker. That's what I thought I was <laughs> going to do with my life. But clearly God had some different things in mind. But one really awesome thing that I'm excited about my degree is that sometimes having like a a ministry degree as like your label when you're, especially if you're going into a country that's like a closed mm-hmm. country, that's closed yeah. off to the gospel, having a like ministry degree as the like what's attached to my name is less helpful and creates more barriers or like those yeah some of those kinds of like barriers come up and walls go up and even just like suspicion comes up um whereas having a degree in social work just takes down some of those barriers because there's something else that I can offer that Mm -hmm. isn't like explicitly ministry like that's my heart and that's what I'll be doing but I can go in and offer something else that to the outside isn't going to raise red flags for the people it shouldn't red raise red flags to. Yeah. So that's definitely a pro in it. And I think just social work in general is teaching me a lot of skills like relational and how to walk mm-hmm. alongside people through really dark, hard moments that will be super helpful in ministry, like literally wherever. Um, but a lot yeah. of those like just walking alongside people's skills that I'm yeah. learning. Yeah. That's awesome. And even with like the global men mm-hmm. minor, I mean, you don't sometimes you don't necessarily associate that with ministry. Yeah. Like, of course, those classes are through our ministry program, mm-hmm. but, like, it can just be global missions. I'm learning about the world. I'm learning about how to best mm-hmm. serve these people. And so even then, like, yes, it's a ministry major, but you can kind of, like, yeah, yeah, present it in a way that's, like, I just learned about your culture. And, yes, exactly. You know, and a lot of my classes are, like, intercultural relationships mm-hmm. and, like, those just, like, cultural connection things. Yeah. Yep. So you're 20 years old. Mm-hmm. You have this strong call and you yeah. know without a shadow of the doubt that you're going to go to all the world and you're yep. going <laughs> to preach his name. And it's incredible to see your passion for that as, you know, you might be talking to a young girl and you're going to have the opportunity to do that mm-hmm. all over the world, which is super exciting. And even like within a youth group, you've been able to yeah. do that as well. But if you have somebody who is feeling this nudge into ministry and might be feeling maybe underqualified or mm-hmm. too young or all these things, yet you have this, like, huge calling, and you, you know, to an yeah. average age are still very young. Yes. How would you empower them to also step into that big ministry God may be calling them into? Yeah, that's a super good question. It can be kind of scary, definitely. One of the things that, uh, like, one of the first scriptures that comes to mind when I'm thinking about that is, Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, it just talks about, it says, stand firm, let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because, you know, your labor isn't in vain. And I think that's one thing that has stuck with me. And I think I would also share with somebody in that position is stand firm, like be confident in Mm -hmm. that calling. If you can, if you have that moment and you say, I know God's calling me to do this, then hold on to that confidence because the enemy is going to try to convince Mm -hmm. you that you heard wrong. Like he's already had that, like he's already been trying to do that to me and cast (laughs) out and like speak lies. Like the enemy is the the deceiver. That is who he is. And so being aware that he is going to try to convince you that you've heard wrong, but saying, you know what? No, I know what my God called me to do. Mm -hmm. And I know that where my God calls, he equips. Like I think it's in... Second Timothy, maybe First Timothy, where it talks about all scripture is God breathed and it is useful for training and correcting and all of those things. And it says so that you may be equipped to do every mm-hmm. good work. And so I would also encourage like be in the word. And that mm-hmm. is like where he is going to equip you there. Like people are going to help and he's going to have other instruments to walk alongside you and like help equip you. But there is like no better source than just being in his word. And so trusting that when I'm in his word and when I'm um, remaining confident and not believing the lies of the enemy, he's going to equip me and 
I can be confident in that. Like, I believe my God is exactly who he says he is, and he's not going to, like, call me and then abandon me. That's not who he mm-hmm. is. It's not his character. So, yeah. Something I was, the other day, I got to teach Charlie Alcock's intro to ministry class, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> which was so fun. It felt really weird, but Sayla was in the class. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's one of our teammates. And I was struggling so much. I was like, okay, I'm not her friend. I'm not mm-hmm. her teammate. I am a fill-in professor right now. Mm-hmm. So that was fun <laughs> in itself. But for the class, they were talking about these like six points of ministry. Mm-hmm. And one of them was like know your call and have people who affirm your call. Mm-hmm. And so I talked about having those people. I mean, one who are praying against the devil, right? Yes, anytime yeah. you're doing ministry work, anytime you're even pursuing the Lord, mm-hmm. the devil wants to cling on to that. And he wants to try to turn your eyes and speak these lies into your um, yeah. mind and all these things. And having those people who like know that ministry is a hard field mm-hmm. and you are going to face opposition, you're going to have trials, you're going to struggle, you're going to do all these things. And the devil is going to want to multiply those and make yeah. them seem bigger and make the Lord seem less than he mm-hmm. is. And so having those people who know that and are praying against it constantly, mm-hmm. like when you get ministry opportunities and you're, you know, overseas or you get to preach or lead the Bible study, yeah. any of those times, but also just in your daily life. Like mm-hmm. when you say yes to the Lord, you are putting a target on your back yourself. Yeah. And it's the most rewarding target you can ever put yeah. on, <laughs> but it's also scary. Yeah. So having those people, Mm-hmm. but also having people who see the call in you and encourage you in that. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the most important things because we can, you know, we can see the gift in ourselves. We can know that the Lord has called us, but there are going to be moments when we're like, okay, Lord, this yeah. is hard. My ministry doesn't seem as fruitful as I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Are you sure? Like you meant to yeah. call me yep. all these things and having those people in your life who the Lord's like, these people are in your life to encourage you, to equip mm-hmm. you, to walk alongside of you And when you feel at your lowest, let them walk with you and pick you up and remind me or remind you who I have created you to be. Yeah. So I'm going to mix our questions around. Who are those people in your life Mm -hmm. who have supported you maybe in the past, Mm -hmm. who are your biggest supporters now, and how do they walk along you and support you specifically as support for somebody else might look a lot different than support for you? Yeah. Yeah. One of those people for sure is... Um, I have a cousin who has been like one of my the people I've looked up to the most for most of my life. Um, but she has been there in like really pivotal seasons for mm-hmm. me. And so one of those first seasons was like I can just like very clearly remember the day. It was like August 5th, 2015. I was like at a camp and she was the person that prayed with me after there's just like a moment where I was like very overwhelmed by the spirit and was like, I'm giving him my yes. Like that was like mm. the, I don't really remember what the like sermon was about, <laughs> but it was like after a sermon. And um, I just said like, God, I'm giving you my yes, no matter what. Mm. And that was like the response from that moment. And she was like there and prayed with me then. And then she's also been one of my closest friends, like in the last year of somebody encouraging me and, and reminding me of truth. So one of the things she reminds me of is like reminding me of like that moment and other moments of like, where I've been confident in my calling and bringing me back to that and saying like, hey, like remember these moments. God didn't lie to you when he did that. Mm -hmm. And so reminding me of the calling and like bringing me back to the truth of that, there's something like really beautiful about reminding yourself constantly of like those clear moments. You're like, I know I heard God. Like, I don't know. That's just been a like theme for me is being confident and hearing God's voice. And so like those moments where I was confident coming back to that. So that's definitely one. My family has been really supportive 
my family and my boyfriend both have been really, really supportive and encouraging in a lot of the same ways, like bringing me back to truth and reminding me of that and calling out the gifts that God's giving me, not to pump me up, but to say like, this is what I see God doing in you and what we see him cultivating in you. Um, and like keeping me humble in that, like not letting me like, yeah, like make it about me or letting me think that it's all my work, but reminding me like, hey, God's given you this gift so that you can use it. And I see the ways that he's like letting you practice that here. Like, okay, one of like my gifts is encouragement and discipleship. Like those are two things that are really important to me. And like encouraging me, they they encourage me by saying like, look, I'm seeing you use those gifts here and I can see how he'll use that in an overseas context. Mm. And like different things like that, like calling out the gifts God's given me and reminding me how I'm they're being cultivated here, um, here at IWU and how that can translate overseas. Um, and so, yeah, some of my family, my boyfriend, some of his family, honestly, have all been really encouraging people and affirming, affirming the gifts that God's given me. And just reminding me of his power, like reminding me of God's power. Like that is one of the most encouraging things in those moments where I feel weak or I mm -hmm. um, am doubting, reminding me of God's power and reminding me just how ripe the harvest is. Like reminding me that like the workers are few and the harvest is plentiful and like the importance of what I'm doing, even if yeah. I like don't feel like I'm being effective right now, reminding me of who God is and just how big the like the need is. Mm -hmm. And that like reinstills that urgency and finding me like, you know, what? I'm, you're right. Even if. I don't feel like I'm seeing a lot of fruit in ministry right now. I believe that my God's doing something beyond what I can see and I can mm -hmm. trust him. And I know that he wants to work because he wants to draw people to himself. And yeah. yeah, just reminding those truths too. Yeah. And the fun thing with Alec is his family like yeah. is doing missions, right? Yeah. Emma yeah. and Jarrett, like mm -hmm. they are walking alongside you guys while you're walking alongside them yes. and pursuing something. Mm -hmm. And like it's it's one thing knowing people who have gone before you and having people who are supporting you back home and all these things, but having people who are always going to be in your corner yes. who are doing their own ministry and over and their own mission fields. And so that's probably also yeah. a big encouragement. Oh my goodness. One of the biggest blessings. Like God just knew what he was doing and drawing me into a family work. My future brother and sister-in-law are prepping right now to go overseas. And so just like being able to walk alongside them as they process all of the transitions and are like showing us just the like being quick to testify to what God's mm -hmm. doing in their lives as they're prepping has been such an encouragement and they're just like some of the most on fire people that I know and so it's fun to learn and walk alongside them so God yeah, yeah. God's just good like that he knows how to put people in your corner and I think he is kind to do that like it mm -hmm. might not always maybe not in every moment or every season are there like always people like proximally really close mm -hmm. but I think he has like intertwines those gifts in different seasons to be a reminder and so if they're not there right now to like go back and remember those people and then when they are there to hold on to that encouragement and like yeah. those relationships that are like just such a gift yeah and they're going to understand the ministry you're going to do in a completely mm -hmm. different way yeah. right you can you can send texts and calls back here mm -hmm. and say this is what I experienced and you know it was really hard this is how I'm feeling and for somebody who's never experienced it it's going to be like of course I'm going to pray for you and mm -hmm. encourage you but to be able to connect with somebody who experiences the same things, obviously in very different lights and very different cultures, probably. Yeah. But somebody who's like, I've experienced something like that. I know how it feels and I know how to best encourage you. And um, also when they know you well, being mm -hmm. able to encourage you in what you're doing, but also for who you are. Yeah. The Lord, yeah, he really knew what he was doing when he yep. yeah. <laughs> put that together. Yeah. yeah. We have He's good like that. Talked about <laughs> often. <laughs> So my last question for you, 
Um, maybe I'll add a bonus question. But <laughs> so as you have been transitioning into this call and figuring things out, really like the whole past year from mm-hmm. that first trip until now when you finally got that direct call that you'd been praying for, mm-hmm. what is the biggest thing that God has taught you? Yeah, no, that's that's good. There's been so many things. Like I could probably talk for hours about that. I won't, but I could. <laughs> but I think one of the things is that there is a cost associated with the call. Um, mm. That is like definitely one thing that I have started to see more glimpses of. Like there is there is a cost, but for for God, for his glory, like it is so worth it. And I think that's one thing that I has just been I've been reminded of a lot. Like there will be family that I have to leave. There will be mm-hmm. people who don't believe in the call for me like they or um, aren't supportive or aren't encouraging of it yeah. and like actually speak against it. Like there will be those things. There will be um, obstacles. There will be like attacks from the enemy. There's going to be all of these things. Um, and so there is a cost like it is going to like in some ways take something, but it's mm-hmm. like such a worthy thing to surrender because at the end of the day, like there are 3.2 billion people in the world who are unreached, meaning like they don't have somebody approximately close enough to them that could tell them about the gospel. Mm-hmm. And like that is something that I can do something about and that's worth throwing everything into. And yeah. even if even if there is a cost and even if I don't have all the comforts of life or even if my parents don't get to like raise their grandkids someday, like that's just still worth it. Like the call is just still worth it. So despite the cost or despite the things that it could take saying like, you know what? No, God, you're worth it anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, That has been definitely something that he's been like teaching, uh, teaching me over time. And it hasn't been easy. Like there's been moments where it's like, but I don't want to give that up. Like there's things Mm -hmm. about that that are really hard to, to like release to him and believe that, believe that like the call still makes sense, like in light of the things that I have to give up. But that is, yeah, just definitely one of those things. And he, yeah, he's just been so good. I don't know. Like he's just been reminding me of his faithfulness and teaching me of that again and again. And his kindness in the little details to just encourage me when I don't feel like I can do it or mm-hmm. don't like don't feel equipped or freeing up like him freeing up time for me to spend more time with him so that I can feel like spend that time in the words that I can be equipped like that scripture I talked mm-hmm. about. There's just been so many little things where he's just reminding me of his faithfulness and putting people in my corner. So his faithfulness has become apparent, but then also just like the worthiness, like his worthiness. And like he just deserves the glory and like seeking his glory and everything. I don't know. Just overall Christ's worthiness has been just like a big, big thing. Mm -hmm. That's awesome to hear about the cost. And like Mm -hmm. when you think of cost, it's it's heavy. Like it's a lot. But knowing like it's worth it and people listening are going to have so many other costs that they have to decide whether it's worth it like Mm -hmm. if you're getting your call in middle school or high school you're going to be going against the grain of everything that society is telling you Mm -hmm. everything that your classmates are telling you and it is hard to try to walk a life that is honoring to the lord yet alone pursuing ministry Mm -hmm. at such a young age with so many people saying these things but to hear like even you who's not that far out of high school saying like the cost is big but it is so worth it yeah and I would give anything mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean it's going to be easy to give every to give everything or anything yeah. but knowing it's so worth it yeah, yeah. definitely not so easy good. but I think being reminded too of how like how the great cost for Christ and giving his life and like mm-hmm. okay he did like literally everything to like to the fullest extent and if he was willing to pay that for us how much more can we pay small things like give up small things 
for the same, like for the same aim, yeah. for reconciling people back to Christ. Like that's what he died for was to draw people into him. And mm-hmm. how much more can we like join him in that suffering in the way that we are willing to sacrifice some like in scale, smaller yeah. things than our like entire lives. I mean, maybe our lives, I don't know. But, <laughs> um, but like us sacrificing smaller things for mm-hmm. that same aim, like we're joining him in that. Yeah. And like if he could do that for us, then we can do sm- like smaller things, quote mm-hmm. unquote, for the same aim. Yeah. yeah. I love the idea of suffering for him. Like he like sacrificed or suffered the ultimate suffering Mm -hmm. for us. And so learning how can we meet him there? How can we do it with him in a a way? And I remember coming into college and I was, you know, post-COVID world for me coming into college slash still in it, 2020. Mm -hmm. I remember like really struggling with finding opportunities to serve during COVID and feeling I knew I was called, but, you know, Mm -hmm. trying to find validity in that. And I remember coming into college and that's already a hard thing, but to do it when everyone's wearing masks and just finding a new way of life. And I remember praying coming into college, Lord, would you show me how I can best suffer for you? Mm -hmm. And it was a prayer I had never prayed before. And I knew that I was like willingly Mm -hmm. going out on a branch and saying like, Lord, do whatever. Yep. And then as as you know, I, I suffered with or I struggled with anemia my mm-hmm. freshman um, first semester and it was terrible, right? Like yeah. I wasn't running, I wasn't functioning well, I wasn't going to classes, I was sleeping all the time, I was mm-hmm. depressed, like all these things. And throughout that whole thing, I like never turned away from the Lord and it never made sense to me. I was like, yeah, this season is so hard, but Lord, I know that you are good and there's a reason for this. Mm -hmm. And it was as I was like on medication for my anemia and getting out of it that the Lord was like, Regan, you asked me for this. Mm -hmm. You said like, may I suffer for you? This is part of that suffering. And so learning (laughs) the fruit of like, okay, Lord, if I have gone through that hard season, still proclaim your name, take me through more. Mm -hmm. Like what more can I do? And how can you use this season of suffering to honor and glorify your name? Like, there might be people I get to meet with who are, you know, really struggling in college with this and that. And, you know, struggling seeing the Lord's goodness. And I can say, like, I've been there. I know what it Mm -hmm. feels like. Let me show you where you can see the goodness of God in this. And just walking alongside of them through trying to figure that out. Yeah. Those are dangerous prayers, uh, but he, we love a dangerous prayer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's often faithful to answer them because your heart in that, like, even though uh, it is kind of dangerous, and you're like, mm-hmm. ah, but your heart is like, okay, God, like, I'm, I'm in. Like, I, I want to know you more. And those are the kinds of prayers that he's going to answer. Like, he wants you to know him more too. Yeah. So he's going to answer them, but he just like never wastes it. So mm-hmm. when you like enter, like, are willing to sacrifice and willing to enter into that suffering with him. He isn't going to waste that. Like there will be like it will turn out for for good in some way. Yeah. Like and we might not always see it immediately, but he is going to use it. Like he's not going to waste waste the suffering. Like if mm-hmm. you invite him into that, he'll be right alongside you through the whole thing. And in the end, you'll have a beautiful testimony. And then you'll get to be like like Peter and Paul and Acts and say, like, that's for us. We're, we can't help but proclaiming what God's done. Like mm-hmm. we can't help it because we just see him all over it. Yeah. And that's a pretty fun place to be too. Yeah. The goodness is too good to keep to ourselves. Yep. Yep. Which is, I mean, you know, summing up what you have said. Mm-hmm. I do have one question that yeah. I didn't prep you for, but I always ask people what their hope is for the future of the church. Mm. And your church context is going to look different. Yeah, Yours is going to be more of like a local church where it's <laughs> yeah. global, but it'll be local for you. Yep. 
what is your hope for the global church or your what your church may look like but the church overall what is your hope Mm -hmm. for the future of yeah god's people definitely definitely my hope um is for like the accomplishment of the great commission like Mm -hmm. that is just so tangible that's something i've been learning in a class recently um just how like tangible like the accomplishment of the great commission in in the sense of like um um, some scripture talks about how Christ will be proclaimed to all nations and then the end will come. And mm-hmm. that like that it being proclaimed to all nations, that like is just tangible in our generation. Like there's yeah. I've heard different stats and I mean, there's like varying numbers out there, but like around 200,000 missionaries being sent out will be able to reach all of the unreached peoples mm-hmm. groups in the world. And that's like insane to me. And so one of my hopes for the church is that um, we would be like churches living on mission mm-hmm. to the fullest extent and that meaning people living on mission here in the U.S. and being people who are like coming from sending churches and becoming sending churches um, that are sending overseas and sending to the into the community like yeah I guess just this like radical living on mission and not mm-hmm. pursuing the American dream not pursuing like like the comfort or the prosperity or just like even just a ticket into heaven it becoming more and more than that and the church like living for what could happen like living for all people knowing him like that would be like just the most beautiful and exciting thing and so that is definitely my hope for the church is that we would be a church that's just like radically on mission Mm. and that all we would see like literally every tribe language tongue everyone know christ Mm. or like some representation from each of those groups like know the name of jesus Mm. um yeah that's that, that one's easy. That one's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Aaron. thank you for taking time to hang out with me yeah. and just being able to hear your story even more, just the ins and outs of your calling and how passionate you are. And I am blessed to be able to be a part of your mission field right now as sometimes we think missionary work or missions and you think it has to be over the seas. But knowing like right now as you're in the season of college and you don't really get that go quite yet and so you know finishing out college you're on mission here and you are radically changing people's lives by the way you love them by the way you love the lord um and i hope you know that the way that god has gifted you never goes unnoticed you're doing amazing things and i'm glad to have a front row seat to just watch how god is transforming your life and using you it using you in unique ways and you're going to continue to have radical impact and I'm just excited to continue to cheer you on and yes. see how you go into all the world and preach his word yeah. and be faithful and steward the gift well. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God is just so good. Like, it's all him. I'm just, <laughs> yeah, super grateful. Thank you, friend. Just, yeah. You're the best. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And the Defining Yes podcast, we will see you back next week. <laughs>